Monday, ladies and gentlemen, happy happy Monday, the Monday, unfortunately, after daylight savings time, which I'm pretty sure any of you listening out there are probably absolutely miserable, just like I am. Uh, fortunately for me, I do have a decent job where I get to work at home at times, and today is one of those days I got to work from home, and not only that, but record this whole podcast episode, so uh, I didn't really get affected like most of you did out there, and I'm sorry to say that and kind of rub it into your face, but hey, it's Monday, it's the beginning of the week, and that just means one step closer to the weekend once again, and as adults, that's typically all we think about, isn't it? We just try to get through the week to get to the weekend again, and then when the weekend ends, we hate it, and we just wait for us to get back to the weekend. So, anyway, off the doom and gloom, uh, I did want to do a little bit of, uh, I guess, housekeeping in the beginning of this episode. First off, uh, maybe by the title you could tell, this episode is going to be about the Umbrella Academy, and um, I'm pretty excited to talk about that, burn through the comic, at least the first half of the comic. Uh, so I wanted to compare and contrast a couple of things, also give a review and, and kind of let you know how I'll be doing TV shows and such like that. But first, a little bit of, uh, I guess, housekeeping, you could say. Uh, I've been noticing some traffic going on across my podcast, and I'm uh, excited to know that certain people will listen to it, and uh, it does it does bring a little cheer to my tiny little heart to know that people are listening to me rambling on about nonsense that only certain individuals in this world can understand, and it makes my tiny little Grinch heart beat. Uh, so I do greatly appreciate for anybody that has been listening. Uh, second off, I am, of course, trying to do this so that I can have conversations with people and build a kind of a community and have uh, other people kind of chime in and let me know what they think. After all, the whole reason for this podcast is kind of from a father nerd's perf- you know, perspective on certain things. So, uh, for instance, like when I did my Captain Marvel review, Uh, You know, that was more from the eyes of a comic book reader. It wasn't necessarily just from the eyes of just a normal person. It was just the eyes from a comic book reader. And not everybody has that perspective. And I think that it's good to kind of get the narrative out there from different people. I mean, after all, that's exactly what Brie Larson was trying to say during her first initial interview. And that's what I'm kind of here doing. I'm giving you a perspective that many of you may not know. A lot of you may enjoy Marvel movies, and that's great, and I love it. I love that we live in a time that people go out there and they love comic book movies, and they're into the whole geekdomsness of everything, and I love it. And me, as a person that grew up on it, reading it, it allows me to kind of give you my input, and you don't have to go and read all everything, because that's why I'm here, and that's why you kind of tune in to me. And, I, you know, I love that aspect of it. So once again, I digress a little bit, but the point I'm trying to get to is that I'm just trying to spark up a conversation, get people going. And the best way to get that done is two ways. One is the most popular way, which is going to Twitter, adding me, DMing me, whatever the case may be, to let me know what you think. And I will discuss those once I start getting a lot more traffic on Twitter and all that. I'll start discussing a lot of that stuff on Twitter the podcast and going over your tweets and, and reviews and stuff like that. So, um, you know, I am excited about that. The second one, um, is actually the anchor app. 
Uh, I use Anchor to, you know, distribute my podcast. It does it. It does like a, a buckshot to everybody. So I just go through there and let them handle all the niceness. But uh, the beautiful thing about the app is if you download the app, not only is there a lot of podcasts on it, but B, you can also uh, kind of send me an audio clip of what you think and I'll play it on the podcast and, you know, I'll answer it or, or kind of debate it or whatever the case may be. It's an awesome app. Check it out. You know, if you're anything like me, you probably have billions of apps on your phone. And lastly, we live in a time in our society that people want something every time you do anything. And so I understand that sometimes you just have to give a little to get a little. You understand? So I am going to be starting a giveaway, something small for now, just to show, you know, appreciation and try to get my channel going a little bit. Uh, Something small, but big to most of my audience that's probably listening to this podcast. So my goal here uh, right now is to get a hundred listens. 100 clicks, 100 listens on my podcast for at least one week straight on all my episodes. So typically in a week, I'll throw out two or three episodes on those two or three episodes. I want a 100 each. If I get a 100 each, uh, I'm going to have like today. I'll have a little like code name and uh, code word, quote unquote, in the episode where you will pretty much DM me the answers. Uh, I'll have a raffle of everybody that DM me the answers on Twitter and I will go ahead and provide you with a month pass of HBO go obviously right before the big release of Game of Thrones and I'm even thinking that if the next four weeks if I could actually get a hundred views you know throughout all four six weeks until Game of Thrones comes out that final week I will actually provide somebody not only with uh, HBO Go Pass for two months so you get full Game of Thrones free but I will also give you all the seasons of Game of Thrones on Blu-ray my phone is going crazy see it's already going crazy I haven't even posted this yet you like that so anyway I am trying to get this out there so please please let your friends know there'll be a code word in every single episode at the end of every week. I'll be, you can shoot me the DMs and I will then have a raffle off. I'm excited about this. I'm scared about this. I'm a whole lot of feelings about this. And now I've been rambling on for about six minutes on housekeeping stuff. And you guys are probably just like, shut up. Nobody cares about you. Damn, just, just talk. All right. Well, I hear you loud and clear. So let's go ahead and talk real quick. So this weekend, um, well, a couple of weeks ago, I've been seeing a lot of traffic kind of build up for this Umbrella Academy. I have no idea what this show is. I have no idea what anything about it is. I did see it on the trailers for like Netflix when me and Mama Nerd were kind of going through trying to find something. It did look semi-interesting, but it also looked really cheesy at the same time. So I was eh, iffy with the whole concept of the Umbrella Academy. And then I started going on Facebook and, you know, obviously the name is Papa Nerd. So I have a lot of people on my Facebook that are big time nerds and geeks like me. And they were saying, oh, this is such an amazing show. This is such a great show, blah, 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 blah. And then, you know, Grandpa Nerd, you know, my papa pretty much came up to me and he watches a lot of that stuff too. You know, Daredevil, Marvel stuff and like that. He was like, hey, have you heard of Umbrella Academy? I was like, I heard of it, but, you know, really didn't think too much of it. 
He said it's it's pretty good. He said it's like X-Men. He was like, you'll like it. Trust me. I'm a huge X-Men fan. I grew up in the 90s, so I'm a huge X-Men fan because of the animated series. And he was like, you'll like it. Trust me. Just check it out. So one day, me and Mama Nerd sitting there on the couch trying to look for something to watch, like always. Probably what 90% of you do out there listening to this, just go through Netflix and end up putting on either The Office or Friends or just background noise. And I was like, hey, you know what? I heard this is a good show. And Mama Nerd likes a lot of stuff like that, too. So she was like, all right, well, let's check it out. Put on the first episode and, well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not going to lie to you. I wasn't really that impressed with it. The first episode. I watched the first episode and I was like, eh. I don't know what the big deal is about this. You know, I don't really get how this is such a big deal. Why everybody's record, you know, recommended, it. but you know what? It's the first episode. And for anybody out there, the rule of thumb is three. You get through the first three episodes. If you kind of get a little traction after the first three episodes, you know, you do have to let the, the writers do what they have to do. The pacing has to be appropriate. So you have to at least get through three episodes. And then you typically after that, you kind of judge the series on what it's going to be like. So I'm watching it. I'm like, the first episode is really, you know, there's a lot going on here. Like, why does this dude look so ridiculously swole? Like, that's really bad. Well, maybe that's something about him. And, why is this chick like that? Just too much. But you know what? I said to myself, let me go through this. Now, for a review like this on a TV show, I'm going to just kind of go through my thoughts of the whole series and give you my how I felt about the whole series as a whole. So I am going to warn you right now that I am going to be spoiling the ending and all that other stuff. Uh, I guess I should put the, the noise like I did last time. So hold on. Okay, so, you know, the the horn has, the trumpet has aired, the horn has aired, whatever noise I decide to use. Uh, and now I'm getting into spoiler territory, just to let you know, stuff is going to get spoiled. Okay, let's get back to it. So, when it comes to shows like this, I'm going to just go through my thought process. It's going to be rather quickly. I'm not going to do episode by episode, okay? So, after watching it, you know, I thought it was a pretty good show. You know, it was an okay season opener. And then, you know, I kind of started watching it a little bit. And the characters started to kind of grow on me a little bit. Luther, Five, Allison, uh, uh, Pogo, and uh, what's his name? The, the the guy that sees dead people. I can't think of it right now. Oh, Klaus. There we go, Klaus. Um, it kind of grew on me a little bit. But I kind of felt like the characters were a little bland, you know? So the first couple of episodes of the season, there's a lot to take in. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, for anybody that's watching it, you know, there's a lot to take in. There's a lot to kind of get through. You know, they they start introducing once you see five come back and he starts talking about the time jump. That's when, you know, oh, here we go. This is going to be one of those shows that's going to just be trying to, you know, change everything with time and time traveling is very tricky in shows. There's a lot of theories out there. And if you pick one theory to go by. There's a lot of uh, enthusiasts out there that are going to nitpick you apart to tell you if you did time right or wrong. And I won't sit here and say that they did it right or wrong. I think they did a nice balance when it came to the time traveling, the whole bit with the time traveling. So I was pretty impressed with the way they did the time traveling. The acting in the show was good. It was uh, the acting in the show was really good. I thought um, a lot of them did a great job at what the character is supposed to be. Now you might say some of them were flat. You know, you had somebody like Klaus that was just like very, uh, to me, he was the best one of the show. He was the best actor of the show. He really made you feel like he was struggling. He made you feel the struggle 
that he was going through. I thought he did an amazing job. Uh, Luther obviously was a little bit more conflicted, a little bit more level head. Uh, I kind of felt like he was maybe the weakest actor of the bunch because you just didn't really understand what was happening with him. Allison, I've never seen this woman before. I thought she did an outstanding job as Allison. I thought she really brought a lot to the character uh, that wasn't in the comics. Now I'm going to get into the comics here in a minute after I'm done with this and kind of tell you like how it's different from the comics. But I thought she, uh, she did a lot to kind of bring out Allison's character and I, uh, she wasn't my top favorite but she wasn't my least favorite she was uh I I, I kind of look forward to see how things are gonna go with her especially once you it's warrior spoiler territory so once you get to the end and you found it that you know her power is to you know the whole rumor things I hear you know I, I heard a rumor and that she could pretty much change your mind um and now she has no vocals it's going to be kind of interesting to see how she struggles with that or if she's going to learn sign language or maybe she's going to, you know, develop more powers to herself. Is it the fact that she has to say the keyword? I hear a rumor or is it more along the lines that that's kind of what she focuses on to trigger her power? You get what I'm saying? And I feel like now kind of like when, you know, blind people go blind, their other senses heighten. So now if she starts doing sign language or if she makes somebody kind of understand that a rumor, quote unquote, is being passed, will that initiate her power? There's no way I believe in this series after it ended with her gang, you know, her her throat slit and, and, you know, she can't speak no more. She was saved, but she can't speak no more. There's no way I believe that this is going to just kind of be the end of her character. It could be, but I don't think so. I think if you notice with all the characters, they kind of like, they didn't find who they truly are, what their powers truly are yet. And I think it's like scaling the, uh, you know, yeah, like kind of uh, scratching the surface when it comes to all of them. And it's very X-Men-esque like when it comes to that. You know, Professor Xavier, these people have their powers and then they come to Professor Xavier and he helps them master their powers. And a lot of times their powers aren't what they seem in the beginning. And that's how I feel like this show is. Their powers are one thing, but I feel like Allison's probably going to dive into maybe a little bit more on what she becomes next season, which is going to be interesting. The same thing with Luther. You know, when you when you start the episode, you have uh, five of them. Well, well you have there's seven. There's seven of them. And I'm going to get a little bit more into this when I get with the comics. There's seven of them. Vanya, the violinist, is said to have no powers. OK, so we scratch her out for now. Uh, number five, no, number six gets killed, which is Ben, the Asian kid that had like the, the tentacles come out. He gets killed. Okay. So now you have five Luther, Diego and Allison all seem to kind of have their power. Oh, I'm sorry. And five all kind of seem to have their powers in check. Klaus is like a loose cannon. You don't really get him. And Vanya, you don't understand what's going on. So it seems like when you first watch it, like the, everybody can't pretty much understands their power. But then as the episode keeps going and the shows keep going on, you start to realize that, you know, like Klaus taps into more. Vanya ends up revealing that she is the powerhouse of the group. So it kind of makes you feel like there's more to the other characters as well that they just haven't discovered yet. So that's why I'm kind of interested to see how that plays out when it comes to Allison. And along with Luther, they never really go into what Luther's power was in the beginning either. You know, he's now half ape. I get it. But they never really go into how well, what his power was. Did he always have super strength? Was that his power? And then his, you know, when they made him like half ape, that just kind of 
escalated it. Um, I don't know how that played out with Luther. So I feel like we still have some things to, you know, kind of go over with Luther as well. If, if anything, the, the ape DNA might add extra kind of like a beast factor in X-Men that kind of, you know, effect on him, like a hulking beast X-Men Hulk kind of thing. That's why I think the kind of going to go, uh, with him. Diego, unfortunately was probably my least favorite character. Um, I really didn't feel like he did much. His powers was that of uh, Bullseye from Deadpool. I mean, from uh, Daredevil, where he could kind of bounce knives off of stuff and hit you. Uh, I, they kind of hint that he's like this this Punisher type of vigilante that is skilled in combat, but he really doesn't show any skills in combat. He pretty much gets beat up most of the time. And I wanted to like Diego. Because I'm a Latino male. He's a Latino actor. I want to like Diego. But unfortunately, there wasn't enough there for me to really, you know, like him that much. And I kind of hope that they dive in a little bit more with him. Maybe once again, tapping into more powers that he didn't know he had. You know, extremely stealthy, uh, you know, stuff like that. Who knows? Um... Five was pretty good. I like the child actor did five. He's definitely like a, a Stranger Things it, uh, Stranger Things the it movie type of quality kid actor that he's more adult like in acting and did a really good job at laying you. I believe that there was a fifty year old man trapped in this kid's body. I did believe that he did the kid did a, the the uh, he looks more maybe like a teen, but he did a really good job at. Uh, you know, delivering his part as a 50 year old man, and he did an outstanding job. Um, that's that's pretty. And Vanya, uh, you know, when it comes to Ellen Page, I mean, she's just a, a known actress. I think she did a good job for the role that she was supposed to do. Um, the role that she was supposed to do was supposed to be very bland, and she did hit that. Unfortunately, they kind of come off bland and non emotional, and that's how it was supposed to be. Um, Ellen Page, she has so many you know levels that she could hit. Uh, I feel like they kind of didn't use her properly, but she did do a great job. And towards the end, once you find out that she is pretty much the apocalypse and everything that plays out with her, uh, you kind of get what's happening with her. So let's go into a little bit of what I thought of the story as a whole. And I thought the story as a whole uh, was good. It was great. As a matter of fact, it was really good. Uh, this show is one of those shows that in the beginning, there's a lot to answer. You have a lot more questions at the end of the episode than you did in the beginning of the episode. And by the time you get to it, there's a certain episode. I want to say it's seven, uh, episode seven. Don't quote me, but there's an episode where uh, all the characters kind of feel like they fix everything in their lives. You know, uh, Allison and Luther finally just, uh, you know, show their love to one another, which is a little odd, but at the same time, not okay. Let's get to that a little bit. It's a little odd because technically they grow, they grew up with each other. And people have been saying that like, oh, well, they're brother and sisters. I don't really view any of them as brother and sisters. They say it, but they're really not. Their dad kind of ran this, this house, like a academy, essentially like the name academy. And they grew up with each other, but it was like kids growing up with each other. I don't know. I didn't find it as weird, like a Cersei, uh, Jamie way, um, or a John and Daenerys way, but I guess it was a little weird, but anyway, um, 
you know, in that episode, like I said, I think it was episode seven, uh, Allison and, and Luther kind of, you know, confess the love to one another. And it, it seems like now they're kind of finding themselves. You know, Luther finds out that his dad's been lying to him the whole time about the about space and the moon and everything was a lie. He's kind of distraught. And Allison kind of swoops in and, and saves him and patches him up. And it's nice. It's nice to see. Um, Klaus and Diego have like a really tight brothering moment where Klaus is trying to become sober so that he could contact his, his, his dead lover, Dave. Um, and Diego ties him up and he kind of comes out saying that he's gay because Diego was like, oh, she must have been special. And this is I, I'm assuming this is the first time, even though it's kind of known since the beginning that Klaus has really come out and said that he fell in love with a man and Diego with no hesitation, just looks at him like, well, he must've been a very special man kind of showing him like, I really don't care. You know, you're still my brother and I'm going to help you. And then, you know, they have Klaus ends up breaking through and seeing Dave and he gets that moment with, with Dave again. And, you know, uh, Diego gets, uh, you know, he goes out with, I think Allison, no, he go. I, I I honestly I don't really remember what happened with Diego that episode, but he he ends up leaving to try to find uh, Cha Cha and Hazel, um, and at that episode everything seems to be fixed and everything looks good. And then five comes back in time and kind of destroys everything. And from my perspective, I was like, oh wow, it's pretty cool because you know they kind of just yanked that away from you. It was like the carry at the end of the tunnel. You felt like you know the path of the show. You just watched the whole episode and now. With five coming back to the past after everything he went through in the uh, the organization, I forget the organization's name. I think it was just called the organization. But anyway, everything he does in there comes back. He always said that the slightest little tick here and there can mess up the whole like timeline, time continuum, and everything. So with him coming back, the next episode starts to unravel everything that he did, though everything that good that happened to these characters all of a sudden you know luther's out there partying and and klaus is you know ends up seeing his dad for the first time in a while you know it's just it it unravels so much that i felt like at that moment that was the momentum that pushed the show forward at that episode that and like i said i think it was seven at that episode that's when i felt wow this show's really making a turn and a lot of shows do that and this and this is what separates a great show, a uh, 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 amazing great show from an okay bad show. A lot of shows will do this. They will take what their main plot point, their main twist in any kind of um, uh, season is, and you see them hit it. And when they hit it, they go one or two ways. Either they hit it and they take that momentum and they go like like they're driving down the hill. They just go down the hill and it's just they just fly up the next hill and just they take that momentum with them. Or they go the other way where they just go down a little hill and then they have to go up a hill and they just kind of destroy everything. This show didn't do that. After that episode and then everything kind of switches over to everything kind of getting messed up. I thought they did an amazing job taking their momentum and going with it. And then as things start playing out, you start realizing that everything that did happen had to have happened anyway, but it happened in a different way. And, and that makes me wonder if they're going to kind of go through that in the next, because at the ending of season one, they time jump again. But this time, five is taking everybody and time jumping, time jumping them again. I'm curious of what exactly 
the ramifications are going to be because of this massive jump now. It's no longer five messing with one or two spots in the timeline. It's now a huge family. Six, well, I guess you could say seven people because Ben showed like he could come through Klaus. So seven people jumping through a timeline. How is this going to affect them? Are they going to see one another or do they actually get like reincarnated into their bodies during that time frame? Because remember, five was missing, and then when he came back, he came back as himself as a child. So what's going to happen now with all these people jumping? Are they going to, is it going to be like very Back to the Future-esque where they see one another, but they can't show one another? Or is it going to be like they get reincarnated into their bodies? So I left a lot of questions at the end. But with Vanya, you know, being this powerhouse... It, it, it was a very good way to kind of end the season. And I was pleased with the way that ended it. And there's a lot of questions I've been getting about, like, what exactly Vanya's powers are. The show did do a bad job explaining it. They really didn't explain it that much. The way I took it, ladies and gentlemen, is her powers are based off of sound. So she pretty much weaponizes sound waves, which is extremely powerful. It's, it's almost Magneto-esque of... Everything has a sound. Everything has metal. That kind of like power level Omega kind of uh, mutant power that she could just literally use anything to her advantage. And I believe that's what it was. They also kind of hinted that her emotions, like she almost uses her emotions as a weapon. So that's why I was a little confused on what exactly her power was. I don't know if it was the sound that triggered her to use her emotion as a weapon or it was her emotions that allowed her to focus on the sound and use those sound waves as as weaponized sound waves. So I'm still a little confused on what exactly her power was. And after reading comics, the comics really didn't sum it up either. Um, I'm going to get to that here in a minute. So overall, the, the Umbrella Academy, is it's a good show. I thought, like I said, you watch the first couple of episodes, you're like, ah, this is okay. And then all of a sudden it really picks up and it, and it goes, it picks up the momentum and it goes in to the next season with a lot of momentum, with a lot of up value, like a lot of, okay, this is, this could be a really good show. I really liked it. Okay. Before I get into the comics, this might be a good time to actually have, like I said earlier, my little secret word that only you that have listened to me ramble on for 26 minutes about the Umbrella Academy will know. So today's secret word, or I guess words, uh, is going to be Dark Horse. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, Dark Horse, the publisher behind the Umbrella Academy. So today's secret word for the prize of a free HBO, uh, two-month HBO pass um, I'm sorry, a one, one month HBO pass. Don't get too excited. I, I, I ain't that big yet. One month HBO pass. The secret word is once again, dark horse. Um, all right. So let's get a little bit more into the comic side of the house. So if, if any of you don't know, the umbrella Academy is a comic book written by dark horse. I believe it came out around 2009, like the first, uh, uh, issue. It's not a very popular comic, um, and to be and there's not a lot out right now. There's about uh, maybe 30, uh, 30 issues out right now. No, not even that really. It's uh, maybe fifteen, twenty. There's still a, it's still a rather young comic. The the artists in the comic they do a great job at depicting certain things that they want you to focus on, and I I, I like the artwork. It's it's a very uh, it's not your typical artwork. It's it's very, 
uh, how you like modern type. Uh, the characters, you know, they don't fit typical like realism characters like you know a lot of Marvel comics and DC comics are trying to do now. It's very cartoony, yet the story is pretty deep in it. Now the comics move at a rather quick pace. Uh, the annihilation. This whole annihilation part of the comic, it was literally five episodes. And I think Netflix did an outstanding job of taking a five episode book and dragging it out to 10 episodes and building onto it and kind of showing you once you read the comics, there's a huge difference between the comics and the, and the TV show. And Netflix TV show kind of cemented itself in its own universe of this comic. And although all the characters are the same and the gist of what the comic is, is there. A lot of it is so different that it feels like a completely different experience from when I read the comics to when I read the TV, when I watched the TV show. So this whole annihilation thing is only five. Uh, it's only five issues long. And just in case you guys are interested, uh, you can download it on that. Uh, what's it called? Uh, on Comicology, the Amazon comic book kind of uh, app. It's a great app. I love it. Um, and if you get the, like the, uh, I'm not getting paid for this before you guys think I'm like trying to sponsor or anything like that. I'm too, I'm, I'm way too little to get sponsorship from Amazon. Um, if you get like their prime membership, which is only like five bucks a month, you get like a bunch of free comics. It's, it's a pretty legit deal. And the umbrella Academy is actually one of them. And that's how I read it. Um, so anyway, yeah. So if you, if you read the comics, only five episodes or five comics long. And um, I'm trying to pull it up here real quick. Uh, so let's go over a couple of things that are different from the comics. First off, let's clarify something quickly that was clarified in the comics, but not really in the TV show. So the TV show does say that uh, Head Greaves, you know, the, the main guy that kind of got all the kids, he got seven kids. Uh, just, so, just so that you guys are aware, um, there is actually 40... 42 of them, I think. Uh, let me see if I can find the actual number here. Uh, da, 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 da. I want to say there was 47 of them. Let me see. Uh, 43. Okay. So there were 43 babies born on this day. And the comic almost confirms that they all have powers. All 43 of the kids have powers. Um, and... The way that the birth happened in the beginning of the show with the mother kissing the boy like on the cheek and then all of a sudden got pregnant and had the babies. That is how all the people had their babies. That's how all the mothers had their babies. Um, not by kissing a boy, but just like they m mystically got pregnant and all of a sudden the kids came out all on the same day. So that's exactly how all of them had their babies. They really didn't dive into that into the TV show, but the comic did confirm that that's exactly how it happened. There is 43 of them. There's only seven we're following. So obviously this is leading into how this comic could go on for decades, how this TV show could go on for a while, because now you haven't even gone to the aspect of what the other, you know, however many kids, 30 something kids out there, what their powers are doing. OK, now uh, the comic, they also uh, the kids go more by their name, by their like their attack, uh, the co-name like um Klaus is called Seance. Uh, rumor is obviously Allison. Uh, Devanya is still the outcast, and she still uh, is said to have no powers. And pretty much everything in the in the comic is just kind of uh, they're they're more superhero-y, I guess if you could say.
I don't even know if that's really a word, but they're more like superhero like, like we're really more X Men like. Like they go out and they do missions as a whole, and you see the confliction between them. I, I guess more like Avengers like if anything. Like they're always like constantly fighting with each other. Um, and apparently, number one, Luther's name in the comic is Luther. Number one, but it's also like his his um superhero name is Space Boy, and he does he does still go to space. However. The plot doesn't play into the same way the TV show does that the that the dad kind of lied to him the whole time, and also his whole ape, uh, his whole hate ape look to him is really out there. Like all the all the kids already know he's an ape. It's not like this huge reveal reveal in the comic that he wasn't an ape. Um, it's it's pretty much known. Uh, so another character that doesn't exist. There's a lot. There's a lot of characters that really don't exist in the comics. Uh, for instance, Peabody does not exist in the comic, which I really like the concept of what they did with Peabody in the comics. I mean, in the TV show, and I don't like the way they did it in the comics with the whole annihilation thing uh, in the comics. So I did like I, Netflix did do a better job at that. So the comic does pretty much kick off with uh, Hargreaves dying, um, and they all come back home, and then this is when like five pops back up. It's not as drastic as it was in the TV show. He just kind of pops back up, and he did time travel, and he said that he saw the end of the world. Uh, Rumor or um, Allison, she, um, she, she's not as morbid, I guess you could say, or as depressed as she was in the TV show as the comic. Uh, she's more like depressed in the comics than in the TV show. TV show, she's just having going through like real life struggles. Comics, she's just like depressed um and she's also i know a lot of people could probably ask and and a lot of people that read the comics would probably be like oh how come you didn't bring this up i don't really view it as a big deal but i guess i'll just say it uh she's the, they're pretty much all white in the comics um and so is her i don't really i don't see it as a big deal anyway um science or science science uh or klaus in the tv show uh, that's like his name i don't think they ever call him that in the tv show um but Apparently he has the ability to fly, in the, in the comic, which is kind of weird. Um, but yeah, he he has a lot more control over his power in the comic book. He's I don't even think he's flamboyant in the comic book at all. He's pretty much a completely different character in the comic with no, um, no importance right now as far as the first annihilation you know chapters go. He's really not that important in the book. I mean in the comics. Ah, God, in the TV show. He's uh he's more important and he plays a huge pivotal role, uh, you know, summoning Ben and all that back. The whole thing's still the same. Uh five goes back in time. He he time jumps, he lives for fifty years, he has to get back, he sees the annihilation, the end of the world. When he comes back, he tells everybody that. Um, you know, the whole kind of is to somebody kill Hargreaves is still kind of there. Not as in depth though. Um and I do want to warn you guys, I've only read like the first six uh, six comics that pertain to the Annihilation. I haven't read the other comics, and I will. Um, so I don't know how, if Netflix kind of got more motivation from them. I know uh, like Hazel and Cha-Cha are in the other ones, uh, so they're not in this comic at all. But I know they're in the other ones. Um, and I know the whole, whole time people are in the other comics as well. This is just strictly for the Annihilation arc that Netflix went with. And that's what's in the comics. So after Hargreaves dies, 
it's more of a show. It's not private. Uh, they actually bury him outside with a bunch of people like taking pictures out there outside the gate. Uh, so they're like all in costume. Diego, um, his name is the Kraken. Why his name is the Kraken, I don't really know. They really never get into it that much. Why his name's the Kraken? Um, they kind of briefly go into the whole mom bit. It doesn't really pan out as as much as you see. So the big thing in the comic, the huge change in the comic, is Vanya. There is no Peabody. There is no Peabody that kind of converts her to be this powerhouse. Instead. Uh, she gets an invitation to go play her violin in front of a, in front of a conductor, similar to like you know in the, in the TV show. But she hasn't played her violin in like twenty years, so in the comics she kind of goes and says, "Well, I'll play it, sure." And there's this conductor. Um, I forget his actual name. Um, but the conductor yeah, he comes up with this like uh, orchestra suite song that is according to him will be the end of the world they're called the orchestra Vedanum. uh it's a bunch of people that want to bring the end of the world through this song and the only way it could possibly happen is through vanya and he believed that she is the key and apparently just like peabody he knows her true power and who she truly is so he kind of uh, tries to convince her and then after he hears her play he was like you're brilliant you're the one uh, I want you to help me destroy the whole entire world and she's just like no you know screw off Um, and similar to the Netflix show there is a big fight that happens not at the mansion at some carnival from a known villain that they fought before uh, and all of the Umbrella Academy go fight. Vanya then shows up because she wants to tell her brother and sister about it, about this whole annihilation plan, the annihilation suite and the conductor and all that. And when she gets there, similar to like um, the TV show, they kind of yell at her and say that she's in the way because they had to, Diego had to go jump and save her and she's in the way. And, you know, that leads to Vanya pretty much hating her family at that point, just like in the TV show and running away. But this time, instead of finding herself like in love with some man and losing herself in them and that person, um, she ends up going back to this uh, orchestra of Endenum and saying, fine, let's do it. Let's 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 play this apocalypse song. And she's pretty much upset with her brother and sister at that point or brother and sisters. So, you know, the comic book plays out. They have a bunch of battles, like superheroes and all that other stuff. Um, and then Vanya, once she plays the the the, the conductor from the, uh, uh, the, what's, uh, the conductor from the orchestra of Vendenum, uh, then puts her underneath, like, this surgical procedure that causes her to get her powers, like, un- untap her powers. So, in the TV show... Peabody uh, kind of unlocked them by reading the book and understanding what the father said. And that book is involved in this in the comic as well. But he puts her through like some kind of uh, surgical procedure that allows her to tap into her powers. Uh, then Vanya turns into her, uh, gets her powers. She comes out in all white, like she was in the TV show, all white. But she looks like a violin, like she has the little... Uh, the little holes that look like music notes down by her, like her hips. Like she looks like a violin and her name in the comics is the white violin. And I feel like that's what they were kind of showing in the TV show when they showed the white violin. 
that's her actual comic book name. And she looks like a white violin. And then she starts playing uh, a song and she cuts the conductor in, in half. She just completely kills a conductor. And then she goes on like this straight rampage where she goes back to the house and pretty much, you know, she had that moment in a TV show where she looks at Pogo and she's like, did you know, did you know I had these powers? He was like, yes. And then he kills her because she gets, in, in the comics, it's just like, hey, Pogo, look, you said I was special. And then he like, she like blows his brains out. So, um, it's, it's a little weird in the comics. It's very fast paced and pretty much in the comics, uh, the end of the world does come. Uh, it is because of Vanya and, but five ends up shooting her in the head and seance or Klaus ends up when they eat, when the meteor is coming from the sun, because the same thing happened, he's able to use his telekinetic, telekinetic abilities to like break the rock in half so there's a lot more powers of klaus in the comic than in the tv show where he was able to actually like break the meteor and the world is semi-destroyed they do not time jump in time jump in the comic they are now going to like help humanity and vanya is actually saved i don't know how she's saved uh alice still gets her throat cut um, and like I said, I haven't read the next issues yet, and I know they tie into more, a little bit more, on what Netflix was doing. Netflix seems to have taken the first two major stories of uh, the Umbrella Academy Apocalypse, and then I think it's called Dallas, the Umbrella, uh, Umbrella Academy Dallas, which ties more into what Five did with his time jump, how Allison's going to try to forgive Vanya because they realize it's her fault. Like, that whole, that whole thing is more in the next uh, episode uh, chapters as well, which I'll read, and I'll probably get back to this a little bit. Um, but that was like the major differences between the comic book and um, the TV show. Comic book, it's it's an okay comic. Uh, I haven't read the other one, so I don't know. The pacing was a little too fast for me in this comic. Uh, so I'll read the other ones to see how they go. But anyway, that's all I have really had to say about the Umbrella Academy. I thought it was a great show. Did a great job. Uh, was really entertained by it. And I can't wait for the next season. Let me know what you guys think, though. Was there anything I kind of missed out or any questions or or little eagle eye things that you saw in the TV show? Either way, just hit me up. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, uh, Papa Nerd. The E and Nerd is a three. And as always, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening and have a great and nerdy day.